Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Well, that was a crazy 24 hours, wasn't it? Or 36 hours, really, if you include some of the news from where we got off air on, on Monday. Um, welcome back to Five Yard Rush podcast. It's just me, it's just Murph. Uh, this is being recorded very early on uh, Wednesday morning uh, when you see this go out um, on video it won't be live so if you're commenting and I don't answer uh, it's because it's not live Um, it's a it's a recast Um, and look to get this out quickly uh, this this morning afternoon um, get it out so people can digest uh, the news and and follow along Um, it's actually the third time I'm recording this Um, had technical difficulties so i'm hoping uh i'm hoping this one comes out all okay um yeah just wanting to put something in i think it was always going to do something uh, post franchise tag maybe a bit of news coming out just to kind of see what the landscape was going to be going into free agency and there's probably going to be some news that comes out over the next couple of days as we get towards free agency with guys potentially signing contracts prior to the new league year so and, and and that that kind of happens every year. Um, think back to last season, with Shaquille Barrett, he signed literally right on the eve of uh, free agency. As as just one example, literally, I think it was done a couple of hours before free agency opened, um, or maybe even as it opened. I don't really know. Um, and obviously, a lot has gone on 
in the last 24 to 36 hours. Um, so I kind of want to give my reaction to all of that. I'm not going to do it in chronological order. But I'm going to cover off some of my feelings, my thoughts, where I'm kind of uh, at with with all of this. Um, I'm also going to try and not rehash a lot of the great points made by uh, Liam and, and Rich last night, who did a phenomenal job kind of reacting to this news in in real terms and, and what was going on and, and what that kind of meant. So um, I'll start off with um, the big news of yesterday, which was Russell Wilson has been traded or will be traded as of next week from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Um, they also acquire the Broncos a fourth round pick. In exchange, the Denver Broncos get two first-round picks, including the number nine pick this year, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. They also acquired a player's Drew Locke uh, quarterback, Nerf Fant, who was a first-round tight end a couple of years ago, and Shelby Harris, who was a very well-experienced cornerback and, and fills a huge position of need for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, now, Seattle Seahawks didn't have a first-round pick this year. They traded away three first-round picks for Jamal Adams just two years ago. So this does get them back into the first round. And my initial reaction was this is a phenomenal trade for um, Seattle. I did feel that they needed to blow it up. There were so many holes, so many areas, and they had a lot of contracts that suggested they were a win-now team, and they're not, clearly. They're the worst team in their division. And... They have decided to blow it up effectively and and rebuild and trading Russell Wilson and that huge contract is is a, is the right thing to do because they're not likely to win through the duration of his contract and then risk losing him in free agency. So this has gone on last year. There was a bit of discontent. This year there's been a bit of discontent. It just seemed to make sense that all parties kind of broke away and Denver, who we thought might be in Farron Rogers, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, have got a star franchise quarterback and fill in a hole there, um, which has been massively lacking since Peyton Manning uh, left the franchise a few years ago. So we now have this trade. I think Seattle did extremely well out of it to get five, well, four picks um, with a trade back. And three players, uh, especially two, I think, a huge upgrade. Um, I think are a huge situation there to to break down and and you know blowing it up. I think it just made sense, but it also makes the Jamal Adams trade look even more stupid. Um, that they thought that they were naive enough to be in this win now state that they traded three first round picks for Jamal Adams and just think if they had not done that, like how many more better players they would have. It kind of shows you that this front office has been very short term thinking for a long time and now have realized that the light bulb has gone, that this team is just not very good and actually needs needs to be blown up and started again. Um, and it's a shame that they kind of have not been able to pick first-round talent to get better over the last couple of years and then made this move because that would shorten the window in which they would be going on to potentially do better things uh, and be a better team in rebuild much quicker. The timing of when you do these things is, is, is incredibly important, but... There was an opportunity, and I think they did what they could with that opportunity and have definitely made the best out of it and think that, therefore, they've done as well as they could out of this trade. I think they've got a high sum uh, for Wilson, and I think when I look back and and think about you know where both these teams are, it, it, it kind of makes sense for both parties, but I think 
you know, if I had to grade a winner, I think Seattle, given that this will now give them a, a platform to get better. I think they need to make some further changes. I think Pete Carroll wouldn't shock me if this is his last year uh, at the Seahawks. And, you know, I, I, he's got to be mid-70s. Has he got an appetite for a full rebuild? No. Is, is it responsible for the franchise to have a, a coach like that go through a rebuild? No. I, I think they need to make some decisions in the front office. They've not drafted well over the last few years. Um, yes, you can. People point to me, DK Metcalf. Yeah, great. You know, you, you picked a guy at sixty-four who who was shouldn't have been at sixty-four, and, and listen, fair play for making the pick, and he's a good pick. But there's not that many hits on this uh, on this ledger for the Seahawks front office. So a lot of questions have to be asked, and you know, some Seahawks fans would be disappointed not just to lose Russell Wilson, and, and that's fair enough, but also. They don't trust this front office with that haul, and and that makes sense. Um, and and I agree. But at the same point, you've got to. They've done this knowing where the the team is devoid it, it, it is really short of options and where they could potentially do things. So I do think this is the best thing for all parties for Russell Wilson for Denver and for Seattle. Um, and that immediately puts thoughts onto this ninth overall pick. And I've seen a lot of mocks this morning with Malik Willis going at nine. That would be stupid. I like that's the kind of short-term thinking that is going to just put Seattle as the losers of this trade. And we can't really analyze this trade until really three years from now because you have to see the players and give them the opportunity to fill in. But taking a quarterback in. And this is not a slight. I'm not going to go over and say this is a slight on Willis or anyone like that. But taking a quarterback now, this year, when you have so many holes, and the holes that you have, offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, these are amazing classes to get those. What you want to do when you get this rookie quarterback uh, contract, one, you've got to get the right guy. But two, you've got to manufacture this from a team-building perspective so that you're doing the winning on the rookie deal. This is what Seattle did so well when Russell Wilson was a, a rookie. They were able to spend all that money on, on defense uh, and the weapons just to give him enough to 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 win the Super Bowl. Um, they did. Kansas City did this with, with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying this is the only model to success, but this is now the path that they are naturally on by the way of blowing things up. So because of this, if you draft a quarterback now, and pass on some great O-line, D-line talent. You're not giving yourself the best opportunity to move forward and win. Now, they've traded for Drew Locke. That says to me that they're going to go with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Um, and they that's that's where they're going to go in 2022. So I think it's going to be one of Drew Locke or Geno Smith as a, as a, as a battle. And, you know, Gut says it might be Drew Locke because he's been included in the trade. But you never know. It could be Geno Smith. I just think that tips the hand of where they're thinking that this is not the year to go and invest in quarterback. This is the year they've traded for a quarterback who they clearly have some liking to. They didn't just go, oh, we'll throw in Drew Locke and we'll make this deal. You know, there's, there's a plan here. Um, whether Seahawks fans want to believe there was a plan, and, and I, I, if I was a Seahawks fan, I'd be skeptical, but you have to look on the face of it. There is a plan here. And the plan is that they're going to roll with who they've got in their quarterback room in 2022, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you can pick O-line and D-line. I, You know, I'd be grabbing O-line at nine, uh, D-line in the second round, filling in with some quarterback talent. 
start using these picks now to start filling in those holes that you have and build a really good core of nucleus players. Because what you want to do is build the line to protect the new quarterback. And that line is going to take a year or two to settle in anyways. So you want to make sure that line is in place before you instill the quarterback anyway. And again, this is a big class to turn away. A, you're, you're going to get a potentially uh, elite offensive line player, or certainly an above average offensive line player, walking into the league uh, at nine. I just don't think you can pass that up if you're Seattle, given the problems that you have, given the players who you've let go or, or will be going in free agency. So I think that's the, that's the need for me is I'd be taking O-line at nine, whoever is there for one of the big four, um, taking D-line, depending on who's there. And there might be some value picks here. But that's the kind of thought process. I, I see Seattle going down. I don't think quarterback at nine is in play. I really don't. And uh, I, I get it. People think like, oh, the new shiny toy is get Malik Willis. I, I, for me as well, if you're going to change your coach next year, don't let this front office and coach select the quarterback when that could be changed uh, a year from now, especially from a coaching perspective. Let a new coach come in and let that person select the quarterback that they want to work with for the next four or five years. And they might not get four or five years, but it doesn't make sense to let Pete Carroll select the quarterback or be part of that decision-making process because Pete Carroll is not going to be here to finish this rebuild. Let him work with Drew Locke, explain the situation. Let Pete Carroll have his year in the sun. He deserves it. I'm not. This is. I'm not a, a Pete Carroll hater here. Um, but just I don't think quarterback at nine is is in play. And it, if that happens and I'm wrong, then I question why you add Drew Locke to the trade, and I question what the Seahawks are, are genuinely thinking. But I wouldn't be the first. Uh, wouldn't be the first time I, I was wrong uh, for sure. Um, Bobby Wagner's been released. Uh, from the Seahawks as well. It was a huge contract. Again, not in win now. If you can get away from these contracts, that makes sense. Um, and it's something that you're likely to do. And I don't think that Bobby Wagner is going to be the last player to be cut or traded from the Seahawks. Um, I can imagine Tyler Lockett is going to be someone that is potentially up for trade. And I can see a team trading for Tyler Lockett. I really see that happening. Um I think they will listen to offers. I think they'll look to get that money off the books. Tyler Lockett's deal is a couple of years. Again, and this is no slight on Tyler Lockett. I'm a big Tyler Lockett fan. really like Tyler Lockett. Is he the guy that's really going to help you in the next two years? And if so, how far does he get you versus what you can potentially get for Tyler Lockett? And again, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. If you get the second round pick for Tyler Lockett, that's going to be more beneficial to you right now than Tyler Lockett is over the next two years. So there's some more things to to keep an eye on. So um, as a result of that, and again, I'm, I don't want to steal the, the Dynasty guys' thunder and steal their show here, um, far from it. But if if I was thinking of a sneaky buy-low candidate in all of this mess, Dwayne Eskridge would be the guy because I just think that they're going to get rid of someone and Dwayne Eskridge would be the natural person to come in. They invested the second round pick in him last year. Uh, he's someone to come in and potentially get an, an increase in, in any vacated targets, uh, along with Noah Fan. So he's someone I, I really like. From the fantasy perspective of the Seahawks, I mean, we don't know what we're getting uh, at quarterback yet. It's going to be a bit of a mystery. In redraft, TK Metcalf is, a, is an arrow down, uh, at least for 2022. From a dynasty perspective, I don't really know. I think you've got to let this one shake out. It's a long-term solution. Uh, 
Tyler Lockett, like I said, can think could go as of right now. He's narrowed down for 2022. Um, but we can see what will happen there. Um, if you had any parts of this tight end room, I don't know why you would have done. They're all obviously obsolete now. Now, Fant is potentially an arrow down because, again, the quarter hope, but also he could potentially be a sneak increase because he was kind of splitting some time last year, and I think he's going to be the sole focus, but it's just how much focus they put into the tight end role. I think if Lockett goes, then Fant is someone that, that gets an increase and gets a bump, but he's someone that... I don't think is a huge buy right now, but if you want a long-term tight end play, depends on who they draft in 2023. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. It could be a sneaky, like, long-term play. I really love Noah Fant. I talked about him very highly when he was drafted. I think he's one of the best tight ends I've ever seen come out of college. And I think he's someone who's going to have an excellent NFL career. I just think he needs the situation to get better, to be better. And I think that could happen. But for 2022, I don't think he doesn't all of a sudden become a top five uh, tight end either way. And so I think he's someone that you can kind of just watch the peripherals and see what happens. Um. So that covers off uh, the real winner here is is probably Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson gets more work. He's under contract this year. Um, it might be the Rashad Penny might come back. He might not come back. He's in free agency. We'll cover him in in free agency. So we'll see what happens. But right now, Chris Carson of, of everyone on the Seahawks seems to be the absolute winner, uh, as is maybe Drew Locke. And what is Drew Locke's fantasy outlook for twenty twenty two? I don't love it. <laughs> In a super flex league, fine. You want to take him as um, as a quarterback around, you know, I, I could see him being around and I haven't really thought about this too much, but roundabout quarterback 22 to 25 makes sense. So that back end of the QB2s, I, I could see that. I could get on board if he gets the job. Um, But, and if Lockett stays and everything kind of stays as is, I could see him creeping up maybe towards QB 20. I can't see much more than that. Geno Smith would be lower. I do think that Drew Locke gives them more outcomes to win games. I think he's a slightly better skill set and fit, but Geno knows the system. Kind of see what happens there. Um, On the Denver side of things, this is going to be really fascinating because obviously now you've got Russell Wilson, he's got an upgrade in, in talent. Um, and that, that's probably harsh, but you know, Jerry Judy and uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, and Tim Patrick, uh, he's got Albert O, he's got some nice pass catching backs. 
you know, he's got he's got a huge array of weapons there. It's a nice, attractive place to be. I think the real question is, you know, I'd, I'd say Russell Wilson is a slight arrow up. I think people are going to overreact with the talent that he has. And I think you're going to sit here and, and have people predict him at QB5 or QB6. I'm just not sure I'm there. I, I, I think, you know, I'm looking at sort of the best of the rest. If I take out Alan Mahomes, uh, Prescott, Murray, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson, if I took all of them away, yeah, it's a case between Rogers and, and Wilson for best of the rest. But I think when I'm looking at fantasy football, I'd probably still have Jalen Hurts over him. And it's not a disgrace. I think Russell Wilson is a safe quarterback pick if he's there in like the eighth round, seventh round. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Like I think that makes sense, but I'm not reaching to put him into that upper echelon along with those guys. Because this is a new system, he's still got a very new uh, coach. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett is his first year uh, as a coach, and also with Nathaniel Hackett, you know, we I've yet to see evidence that Nathaniel Hackett's offenses can cater all of this talent. So now you've got, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's a good coach. I'm I'm not knocking Nathaniel Hackett, but everywhere he's gone, it's been led on one side, sort of one quarterback, one. Uh, one receiver and listening when we look at what happened in in Green Bay you know you had phenomenal talent in 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 Aaron Rodgers and you have phenomenal talent in Aaron Rodgers and here you've got a bit more spread the wealth uh, but all incredible riches and talent what does that necessarily mean it means that I'm not a hundred percent convinced that both Judy and Sutton with Patrick are going to be equally supported in a way to where both guys flourish. I think it's all going to come down to Russell Wilson, who he feels confident with, who he gets on the page with, and who he's going to target more. Um, I think what you saw in Seattle with this whole uh, one game being DK, one game being Tyler Lockett, is not going to happen in the same way because he had a long-standing relationship with Lockett. He knew where he was going when things got tough. He knew where... He could throw the ball to Lockett when things he needed to be a bit more aggressive. And when he looked at matchups and mismatchups, then he knew he could target DK Metcalf to come down with the ball. These are two very different receivers. I think naturally, I think that Cortland Sutton, and I think Rich said this on last night's show, is a better fit. And I think Cortland Sutton seems to be the arrow up for me to the point where if I got a really good offer for Judy, I could be quite tempted to, to sell. But having said that, nothing is set in stone. None of these guys have practiced together. It's going to take some time for all of these guys to get aligned. And you've got to remember that they're not really going to play much in the preseason. So you've got camp, you've got practice, you've got all these things. But really, it's going to take a good half a season for these guys to get in sync. So it's going to be a little bit messy in 2022. I just think I would, in redraft in particular, I would err on the side of caution on all of these guys. If I had to pick one, I'd say Sutton is the guy I would target. But I would not be so confident enough to be taking him in like the third round, thinking, well, this is a huge QB upgrade. So therefore, they're going to get better. Because you've got a new coach, a new system. None of these players have ever played together um, in terms of Wilson to, to any of these receivers. And then you've got a brand new offensive coordinator. You've got a brand new offensive head coach. Everything's changed. The whole landscape of this team has changed. It's completely different. It's going to take time to shake out. And it's that's going to impact some of the numbers. 
Now, if you think about playoff finishes and, and things like that, that's where you can start to make some very smart predictions. And, you know, if you can get players like Sutton and, uh, and Judy and Albert O at, at, at decent value, which I think will be very hard, um, given the fact they might have an easier schedule towards the back end. We haven't seen the NFL schedule yet. So again, I'm kind of projecting, but given the fact that they were uh, not high up in the division last year, they should in theory have an easier schedule. They should in theory have easier games to play. That should mean that they have better outcomes um, towards the end of the season, but we don't know what that looks like. It could be that they stack them with the Chiefs and the Chargers um, at the end of the season and and all of a sudden things get really, really difficult out in the West. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, when I'm looking at, at Denver right now, it, it's a bit of a mess in a good way. Like, it's a nice mess. If you're a Denver fan this morning, you're very happy with the problems that you have. Um, but it is going to take a little bit of time to to shake all of this mess out. And from a fantasy perspective, it's I would just air a bit of caution because I think people are going to get very, very excited about where this offense is going to go. I think it's going to take a significant amount of time to get it to where it could go. So just be mindful of that, especially from a redraft perspective. From a dynasty perspective, you obviously have the uh, benefit of longevity to sit there. If I was looking at a guy, Corton Sutton would be the guy I would be looking to get in on. Um, lastly, just on Melvin Gordon, I think Melvin Gordon comes back, uh, and I think he's going to uh, be a part of this offense as, as well. So that's another thing to to think about. Um, let's go into Monday's news. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is banned for 12 months for betting on NFL games whilst on the NFI list and being away from football. Now, I'm not going to get into the morality of all of this. Um, he committed a violation. He knew that he was committing a violation. And as subsequent co- you know, cost of that, he is banned for a year. And people are outraged by the length of the ban. That seems to be a ban that is... Uh, written in constitutional somewhere that that is an automatic trigger. Um, And given the fact that the NFL receives billions of dollars from gaming companies, then that is the case. Now, if you want to argue that, you know, assault, PEDs, drugs should all be longer then absolutely. And and it seems ridiculous that betting your own money when you're not playing football um, on games uh, especially like your own team to win does seem like a lot less of an offense because in if he was a regular citizen, he would be allowed to do those things. But that's not the way <laughs> the NFL works. He signed a contract that says he would not do that and he did it and he has to face the consequences. And that's, that's life. Um, from a fantasy football perspective, he is, uh, dare I say, irrelevant now. Um, People are going to sit there and make loads of claims that he is now uh, a huge buy candidate because he's going to sit out the whole year. You know, but he's, he's going to be out. You'd have missed 18, almost 24 months of football um, by the time he comes back. And that's if he does come back. He might just be enough fed up with this and think, no, I don't want part of this. Um, that suspension, by the way, is not just 12 months. It can be longer. It can be extended. I can't see why they would extend it, but they could. I think you're looking at this and thinking, what's the end game for Calvin Ridley? Is he ever going to come back to where he was? 
18 months of competition out is a very, very long time. It's a very long time. He's clearly someone who um, has enjoyed the time away from the game, who needed the time away from the game. And he doesn't, and this is, it just doesn't strike me as someone who I see playing for until he's 35. I see him coming back. I see him collecting his paychecks. I see him being decent. Do I see him being that elite player that he was when, you know, that first season, his rookie season? I just don't. I don't see this um, this player ever reaching his full potential given these issues and what has happened. And I'd love to be proved wrong, but I just don't see it. So I think if you have Calvin Ridley and someone offers you anything, I'd probably be inclined to take it. Um, and I probably would not be inclined to be offering many pieces for Gavin Ridley because I just don't think you're going to get that kind of uh, production and talent back. So I think if someone offers you a second round pick for Gavin Ridley right now, I'd snap your hand off and say, yes, please, thanks very much and move on. Because um, I just think it's it's just too much of a, a situation of mess. The knock-on effect of this now is, is what's going to happen in Miami because you've got an owner there uh, in Stephen Ross who has been accused of uh, incentivizing coaches to lose. Now, betting when you're on the NFI list is one thing, which Cav Ridley did, and again, morally didn't probably do tons wrong. Uh, but in terms of his contract and what were the terms and conditions of his contract and the relationship of gambling with the NFL, he's 100% wrong and deserves the punishment that he gets because it's set in stone and that is what it is. It's not a negotiable uh, punishment. Stephen Ross, if found guilty of this, and there's proof that comes out that he bribed or he offered to pay coaches to lose, will be thrown out as a co- as an owner in the NFL. He would have to be. Because no ban will be enough. Because... The amount of money that the NFL gets from gaming, we're talking billions of dollars. That is billions of dollars where an individual has threatened to jeopardize the integrity of the sport, but more importantly to the gaming companies, the integrity of the betting market. Uh, And that means effectively you've got rigged games, which can't happen. It can't happen when money is flowing into the sport and the game the way that it is. So, Stephen Ross is is in a dangerous situation right now if this gets proven. Now, I don't know if he's guilty or not. I don't know. Um, But I'm saying that this adds a real new wrinkle of interest to what's going on in Miami. This Brian Flores lawsuit, which I'm going to leave now. Uh, And let's look at deals that were signed yesterday. And there were a couple of of interesting deals. The first one's Aaron Rodgers. Um, I didn't really see this coming until the last few days i really thought he would leave um and it just shows you that money will money will fix everything uh you throw enough money at a problem uh and you are where you are now poor jordan love here is again just kind of cast away and he is now you know he's gonna sit his entire rookie contract i mean uh, you gotta feel for the kid he was traded up for he's taking the first round he understood he was going to be a project qb that was going to sit for two years, maybe three years. I really hope for the sake of Jordan Love that he gets traded. I really hope for his sake that he gets traded because they have effectively, if they if they do not trade him, and I appreciate that the Green Bay Packers should only care about the Green Bay Packers, but they could end this kid's career. And this kid was taking the first round. 
he's not going to play this year. He 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 could realistically get to the end of his rookie contract and play like two games or three games, and that's just that's a horrible thing for a first rounder. And it's it's bad if it's the player never lived up to their expectation. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. Or never showed it in training. He's never going to get picked over Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's understandable. <coughs> Excuse me. So I just think this is this is a terrible situation for Jordan Love now. And I think you're now at this situation where you're thinking you have to get something for him. For, for him, you've invested in him. You have sold him a dream. You need to do right by Jordan Love um, and allow him to go and find a team. Because right now, I'm looking at teams that need quarterbacks. And if I'm if I'm being honest, I look at free agency, we'll get to them. I'd be inclined to take a, a shot on Jordan Love over a number of these guys. I know he's not proven, but he's a first-round pick. He showed a lot of great attributes in college. He has the, he has the right to an opportunity for me and I appreciate that nothing should be given as a right and nobody earned should be officially given the right to play. I understand the concept, but I kind of feel for Jordan Love. I really do. Um, on the, because he's, he's effectively been a media circus joke since he's been drafted. None of that is his fault. You know, he was drafted when Aaron Rodgers came out and wanted wide receiver help. And, uh, Aaron Rodgers had three years on his contract and they're like, well, we're taking a replacement and this is Aaron Rodgers was that replacement to Brett Favre. Um, Brett Favre was that, well, I mean, he wasn't selected as a draft pick, but he was brought in as a, as a replacement. This is what the Packers do. And now he, you've kind of solved Jordan Love down the river. I hope he gets trade. That's for what it means for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he gets his contract. He he's now back for, you know, four years, 200 million, 153 million guaranteed is the, the numbers muted around. He's denied that those are the numbers. However, way you want to skin it, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in football. That's what he wanted. It's an ego uh, point of view. And congratulations to him, two time rating MVP. Yeah. I mean, you can't say he doesn't deserve it. From a team building perspective, is that the best way that the Packers can spend the money and win? No. But. They obviously feel that Aaron Rodgers gives them the best chance to win and that he is playing the best football of his career, which you probably can't argue, and that he deserves the money. So that deal's been done. What that does mean is they're going to be tight on cap. They will need to find creative ways to fix some of these issues on um, special teams. They will need to get creative with their 
their offensive spending um, and they will need to use their draft picks really, really well. This front office will need to do a really good job through the draft because they're not going to be able to sign these expensive free agents with all that money going to Aaron Rodgers. Um, but his dynasty value and, and redraft value remains the same. He is someone who will very much be in the conversation for uh, top five, top six, top seven QB. Um, and he'll do fine. Um, I don't think he immediately jumps up the page for me any higher than those elite guys I mentioned when I was talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, but I think he's the best of the rest, absolutely. So I think you get some insurance there. The other deal that was signed yesterday was Mike Williams. Mike Williams got a three-year, $60 million deal, $40 million guaranteed, $28 million paid in year one. Um, I, I Initially, when I saw this deal, was like, this. that's nuts. Um, but actually, the more... And Rich talked about this last night, so I'm going to rehash it. But as I've slept on this, and it's why I kind of slept on it before I did the show, it, it makes some sense. They front-loaded this contract. Uh, so it's on Justin Herbert's rookie deal, um, which is what Rich was talking about last night. Um, you get this sort of distinct advantage of having this quarterback on your rookie deal, which means you effectively get more money to play with across the organization. Um, and they clearly feel that Mike Williams gives them the best opportunity to win now. And that's why they paid him $28 million in year one. It's why it's $40 million guaranteed. It effectively becomes a two-year $40 mil deal with the values going down. So actually they can cut for $12 million in year two and they can cut for virtually nothing after two years so it's not a huge commitment long term it really is after this year he becomes less of a commitment worry because of the amount of money that's front loaded into this season so effectively what they said to mike williams is it it's basically a glorified uh, prove it deal it's just a really good prove it deal especially at year one and then we'll talk about you in year two giving you a bigger deal when maybe keenan allen is ready to move on and he's basically advertising now, they're advertising that you can become the main focal point of this offense, but we're not 100% there that you're that guy, especially while we've got Keenan here. So whilst we've got Keenan on the contract for two years, we're going to pay you $20 million a year, but you are going to have to show us that you're worthy of that contract, that bigger contract that will come next. So it's a good deal for Mike Williams in the sense of he gets money now, he gets really good money now. $20 million a year over two, really. Um, is how the contract kind of looks. And then if he produces, then they'll redo a deal and he'll get an elite deal again before he's 30, which is amazing for him. So he'll look really, really good, but he has to go out and, and earn that paycheck. So it's a smart bit of business by the by the charges. On on the face of it, when you read the numbers, you think, 20 million a year, Mike Williams, is he worth that? No, probably not. But the way they're paying 28 million this year, and they've got the cap room to do this this year, so why not? They're kind of saying it's a two-year audition, but if you really think the place up, we'll cut you in year one. So there's some logic to it that perhaps, I, I, in hindsight, blurred as for the numbers. I, I didn't see, but I see now and think it's not bad. Uh, not bad by the charges. And again, it doesn't show a huge commitment long-term. It's kind of, like I said, a really, it's like the best private deal you'll ever see. Because, if he does really well, he'll get a huge contract and take over the team's lead receiver role from Keenan Allen. If he doesn't, he won't. It's that simple. Um, let's talk about the franchise tag. Not a ton of shocks here, based on the news we were getting through the uh, through the week. There's just eight franchise tags. Um, I'll start with the fantasy players first. Um, Devontae Adams, 
tagged um talk they're trying to do a long-term deal i don't know how they can do a long-term deal will that money go to rogers but i'm not a cap specialist so we will uh we will see how how it goes um chris godwin um if you'd asked me at the end of the season people did i didn't see a path to him being signed it he's on 19-2 on the tag i don't think he plays on the tag I think uh, the, a deal's going to get done. They they basically said to him, we're going to get a deal done. They couldn't get it done in time yesterday. It sounded like it was quite close, um, but there was still optimism both sides. We'll get a deal done. This I can't see him playing for 19-2 next year. I think he is going to sign a deal. It does mean that they have let uh, Carlton Davis hit free agency, so let's see if they get a deal done there. Uh, three tight ends got tagged. Um, David Njuku, which could spell should spell the end of Austin Hooper in, in Cleveland. And why wouldn't you? Well, a lot of money to pay for a tight end who really hasn't done a lot in the NFL. Mike Gazicki, uh, again, a tight end who hasn't really been utilized to his strengths at all in his time in the NFL. He's flashed and he's, he's looked good at times. Uh, and maybe Mike, Mike Daniels wants to have a better look at him and, and see what, how he can incorporate him. Um, and again, there's a guy who schemed for George Gittle. So maybe there's a bit of optimism there for Mike Gazicki and Mike Gazicki owners, but we'll see. Uh, Dalton Schultz, um, <laughs> Rich was telling me in a private chat that uh, Schultz wants 15 million, or maybe it was Liam, it was, it was certainly one of, one of the two, want, want 15 million a year. I, Dalton Schultz has done nothing with the exception of last year, and he wants 15 million a year. <laughs> like, you're actually joking. <laughs> you should think he's lucky stars, he's got tagged. I just think crazy money if that's what he wants. So he's been tagged. Uh, he holds his dynasty value, at least in the short term. We'll see what happens long term if they get a deal done. Um, three other players with tank were defensive. Well, one was defensive side of the ball, Jesse Bates for Bengals. I don't think that was any real shock. And I think they'll probably try and get some sort of deal done um, for him. I guess they'll just get the free agencies done and see how much money's kind of left. And then two offensive line, Cam Robinson, the Jags, and Orlando Brown, the Chiefs. Jags makes complete sense because they've got so much money. It kind of just makes sense to reevaluate him with a new coaching staff for a year and tag him and see if he's going to be uh, one they want to keep going forward because they're, they're not going to spend all their cap this year. Orlando Brown, the Chiefs, again, evaluation piece, see if, if this is part of their new rebuild O-line that they want to keep going uh, forward. And so what this kind of means, and we'll go into the free agency, is that a lot of good players are off the board um, in recent days, and there might be even more that come off the board. So it does mean, from a perspective of, of free agency, it could be looking quite weak in, in the coming days. Um, and I definitely am less excited about this free agency class than perhaps uh, I was uh, a few days ago. So it does mean, and I guess we're going to see it shortly, um, we're going to see a lot less sort of great talent out there, and I think it could be a sort of a perfect storm where we're going to see some guys get paid significant money, which they probably don't deserve because of the fact that it's quite void of talent. But we'll get to that in a minute. Talk about Deshaun Watson quickly. There's an update in the fact he's facing the grand jury on Friday. Um, it was going to happen. Like he was going to face grand jury. There's not really a huge lot. Um, but talking to Drew Davenport, and he put a great thread out yesterday. Um, and a quick chat with him. And if you don't know him, follow him uh, on Twitter. You find him through my recent retweets. I'm not going to be too busy today on on Twitter. So you should be able to find that quite easily at the top of my timeline, at the top of my timeline. Um, that, you know, he genuinely believes that 
because it's taken so long to get to this stage that there isn't huge evidence here. There's evidence, but there's not huge. And so he believes that Deshaun Watson, and again, this is a belief of a lawyer. That's what his day job is. He's, he's a lawyer. Is His belief is that Deshaun Watson will get misdemeanors, <clears throat> um, which, of course, are not felonies, which you know, takes out possible jail time in, in really sticky situations. Um, and then as a result, that will see the, the civil suits kind of settled reasonably quickly after that. Um, the statute of limitations is running out on a couple of these complaints, hence why it's probably this rush to try and get it done now. But it seems to be there's not this huge um, damning evidence um, out there. It is basically a he said and she said. There's no physical evidence, uh, anything like that. What does all that mean? Um, effectively means that he will be found guilty of something or will plead guilty to something, something minor or small. Uh, I say minor or small in relation to what he potentially has or could have done. Um, and he will settle the cases. That's what it kind of looks like right now. And then he, I would assume that the NFL will then come in with some form of punishment and ban probably six games, uh, something along those sorts of lines. Um, that's gut. That's based on speaking to a couple of people. I, I don't know any of this. None of this is fact. But we'll see what happens on Friday. But I just air caution that I don't think Deshaun Watson is clearing out the woods, but I think he is much closer to being out of the woods. And I think that he is someone who could garner some trade interest from, say, like Carolina in a few weeks' time or at the start of free agency if Friday goes the way that the, the, the Watson camp is expecting to go, which is it won't he won't be indicted. He'll plead to some sort of misdemeanor. He'll settle the civil cases. All of this will get done reasonably quickly and quietly in the NFL offseason where fans will be outraged at a time when there's no games going on and then the next shiny thing and the next uh, thing will go on and, and everyone will move on from it. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is how I think it's going to play out. So just keep keep an eye on Carolina and, and in the race for, for Watson. I think that move makes sense. Uh, it's something I something I think will happen. I'm not, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say 60%. 60% I think that happens. Um, I can't think of many other teams that would take that kind of risk. And David Tepper, the owner, is, is a risk guy. He's prepared to take that risk and think he will. So something to watch out on. I can't think of many other teams that might, maybe the Saints being talked about. I mean, who knows? They could take on that kind of risk, um, but I don't think they can take on this contract. From a cap perspective, so I can't see them being in it. I can't see the Bucks doing it. I can't see. Oh yeah, I can't see many other teams really getting into this. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, quick look at free agency, and so the carousel pieces have kind of fixed. Um, we know what's happened with Rogers. We know what's happened with Wilson. So we know there's a few teams: the Saints, the Buccaneers. Uh, the Panthers, the Washington Commanders, the Pittsburgh Steelers are teams that need quarterbacks. We think a few of these are going to be addressed in, in apparently Seattle Seahawks now, potentially the quarterback. I think a few of these are going to get fixed in the draft. I think the Steelers will draft a QB. I think that's the route that they will go down. I think the Washington Commanders will draft a QB. I think that's the route they will go down. I think 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Then it's looking at the rest of the pieces. So, you know, I've just written sort of half a dozen names here. Mitch Trubisky, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, James Winston, Andy Dalton, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Marcus Mariota are the six names I've got written down. Outside of there, I can't see a huge market. I think Mitchell Trubisky follows Brian DeBall, and he goes to the Giants. I think that just is going to happen. Um, he's obviously seen him firsthand. He's signing me. He knows how he works. Uh, I think he'll try and bring in some competition for Daniel Jones. And I think that's a move that would make a bit of sense. I don't think it's promising him a starting job, but I think it says to him, you can go out and earn one. Uh, You're going to play Daniel Jones for it. There's no loyalty to Daniel Jones in that building anymore. So it it does make some sense. Um, James Winston. I just don't know. I don't know who is willing to take a chance on James Winston. I think there's a few teams... It wouldn't shock me if he re-signed with, with New Orleans. His season was kind of cut short for injury. Um, he showed some flashes of what he could do. Showed certainly a bit more calm about him. It'd be interesting. I think I could see him returning to New England. Um, and then you've got Dalton, Fitzpatrick, Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I don't know really where where these guys line up next. Um, I can't see Seattle getting into it. Now they've got Drew Locke and Geno Smith getting into one of these guys. I mean, maybe they give Fitzmagic a run just for a bit of fun. Um, I think Fitzmagic signs somewhere. I don't know where he best fits right now. Um, if I was looking at culture, I'd probably say Chicago and giving him a year with... A, a year under, you know, behind Justin Fields and giving Justin Fields a bit of confidence and given the fact they're a defensive-minded team and they have loads of offensive talent, I think that would make a lot of sense almost as a coach to Justin Fields. You've invested in your franchise QB. I think that would make a, 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 real, a real lot of sense to see him get a deal uh, with someone like Chicago where he, he is number two, but he's going to nurture uh, a young quarterback, similar to what he did with, with Tua in Miami. Uh, and then if things aren't going well, then he's someone that you can bring off and, and try and win some games. Andy Dalton. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know where Andy Dalton turns up. I think he's a backup now. I think you look at places where there's a weak backup. I think you say, for example, with Green Bay trade Jordan Love, Andy Dalton is for me like the perfect guy you would send there uh, to be a backup to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know whether or not you choose to accept it, but I can't imagine you turn the money down. Um, he'd go back to Dallas, as backup there. He could go to LA if they can agree a deal and be a backup there. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're going to see from Andy Dalton. Um, Mariota, similar. Is there video? Really I, I put him down. I'm not convinced there's a market for him. I mean, he's in Oakland. I mean, he's not really done well. If they'll find somewhere, but I can't imagine there's a huge market for him other than the backup. And leaves Teddy. Teddy's the only one I think 
that the Buccaneers could swing for, or they could just line up where they are, or just stay and hope that Tom Brady comes back. I think the Buccaneers are really interesting here because they've kind of tied all this money now into Godwin. They're going to try and, just, and hopefully they get a deal sorted and work all that out, but they don't have millions here to spend. So they need to try and work a solution out because it's, it's Blaine Gower, who is a free agent, by the way. They, they will need to re-sign him. They, they will they'll re-sign him regardless because that's kind of what I would expect. Um, and Carl Trask, who, who didn't suit up for a game. So it's going to be interesting where it happens. Like, you know, for me, I would, I'd play Carl Trask and see what you've got. But Bruce is not going to want to just throw away you. He's he's 70. He's, he's at the end of his career. It would not shock me, given his accuracy, that he would go after Teddy Bridgewater and just say, hey, we're not going to ask you to try and win a ton of games. We're just going to ask you to, to, to not lose games. We're back on the enough, and we'll put you in positions where you'll score points. And I can see that happening. I really can. I don't know that. I don't have any inside knowledge or information. It just I look at things on, on tables and think that makes sense. Um, so that's my prediction is Teddy Ward, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, could go to Tampa. And you know what? If if he does, he's worth something um, in drafts because Tampa produced top five quarterbacks consistently. I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a top five quarterback. But I think if Teddy Bridgewater is, is the Buccaneers quarterback in 2022, I think he is a top 15 quarterback. I think if it's Blaine Garrett, he's a top 12 quarterback. I think it's Carl Trask, I think he's a top 12 quarterback. And I know people are going to get shocked by that. But you look at Bruce Aaron's offense, you look at how many points they put up. They're going to put up a ton of points. That division is not very good. I think they're going to be knocking on the door, top 12. Any Anyone who starts for the Buccaneers. Um, Roddy Mack, quickly, Melvin Gordon talked about, I think he re-signs there. David Johnson, is there a market for David Johnson? He's 30. Um He'll play somewhere, but I don't think he's sort of relevant for fantasy football. Leonard Fournette is the big name here. Um, be interesting to see if the Buccaneers try and re-sign him. There's a huge hole there. I can imagine them trying to get something done. Is whether or not they can afford to. Uh, if not, I think there's a few teams that could knock on Leonard Fournette's door. Philip Lindsay, I think, is, is someone who gets a job somewhere. I can imagine him joining uh, a backfield that's already quite crowded, just to add an extra dimension into that. But I can't see him being like a lead back. Cordell Patterson's a really interesting one. I do think he re-signed with Atlanta. I think they're going to give him a good deal um, to work in that offense, and I think that's the best for all parties. I think it's best for the Falcons. It's best for um, Patterson. It's best for everyone. Um, so that's the deal you want to happen. Most start with the injuries. I mean, someone will take a chance, but I can't see him getting the kind of deal that he would want. Uh, Sonny Michel's another really interesting one. I think Sonny Michel, someone's going to take a huge chance on Sonny Michelle and pay him a significant amount of money. So thinking of teams that really struggle to run the ball, uh, I think I can see him really being invested in. So it wouldn't shock me to see him end up um, you know, Atlanta as a backup to to Patterson. That's something that I can see happen, but they've got Mike Davis, so maybe not. Um I can see him going on to there's a couple of AFL t- um I can see, but the Dolphins, for example, that's, that's the sort of same Michelle. The Dolphins, I think, kind of makes a, a lot of sense. Um, Rashad Penny's another one. It's very similar, very great end of the season. So he again is someone that I can see going someone like the Dolphins or uh, teams that just struggle to to run the football. But Rashad Penny has a long laundry list of injuries, but he kind of come good at the right time. So 
It'd be interesting. James Connor's out there as well. I think James Connor could go back to Arizona. Or he could. Um, he could be somewhere around that sort of caliber team, like knocking on the playoffs. Want to bring an experienced head who who will get touchdowns on the goal line. So it wouldn't shock me that he he signed somewhere like that. Jamie McKissick, I think, stays at the Commanders. Ronald Jones, I have no idea where he goes. I think he, again, he'll get a job. I just don't know where he's going to go. Kind of hasn't really he's shown flashes, but it hasn't really lived up to his draft capital. Um, I could see him going to somewhere like the 49ers and end up being great. <laughs> I really can. He's the sort of thing Kyle Shanahan uh, tends to do. The technical difficulties continue there, so the video is going to cut short. Um, sorry, you're going to miss the end of that. Um, but you can watch the, you can listen to the rest of it on the podcast. Wide receivers, you've got uh, Alan Robinson's the big name. I think he'll get a decent deal somewhere, but don't think he's going to get. 18 million a year. I think he's looking at more sort of 10 to 12 million a year. Sort of the range you'd see. Um, Will Fuller, people taking their partner, Will Fuller. Not sure there's a huge market for him. Jameson Crowder. Juju is another interesting one. I think he'll get a 10 million a year, 12 million a year deal somewhere. If he lands on a good team, it could be well worth uh, an interest in fantasy football. Cedric Wilson, I think, resigns with Dallas, as does Michael Gallup. Mark Cooper now comes into this because he's going to get cut or traded. I mean, if he's traded and obviously there's no market, Mark Cooper becomes probably the biggest name in free agency and where he ends up. It'd be interesting to see if teams like the Jets want to go give their young uh, quarterback experience or or the Jags. I can definitely see the Jags spending on a big um, a big option at wide receiver, although I do think they re-signed G- DJ Chark uh, as well because I know they really like him. Um so I wouldn't be surprised to see DJ Chark re-sign and then sign another free agent. I can see the Lions getting involved, maybe signing a Cooper. Um, Russell Gage, I think he'll re-sign with the Falcons now, given what's uh, happened with Ridley. Um, and you've got some of the older players now, like T.Y. Hilton, Manuel Sanders, uh, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins, T-Jax. I think you'll see a slew of these guys retire. I think you'll see a slew of these guys kind of knocking around for a while without doing too much. Uh, and then maybe signing late, but I can't see anyone signing a really big deal. Maybe T.Y. Hilton might be the only one that would sign a reasonable size deal. The others, I think, are just quite getting towards the, the twilight of their career. Let's put it that way. And then when it comes to um, tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz is the big name, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. They're the two that will garner the most interest. Wouldn't shock me if Arizona re-sign Ertz, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Gronk, will he retire? Would he come out of retirement? Would he go to the Bills? Interesting to see what happens there. There really isn't outside of that anyone I'm interested in from a fantasy perspective. Zuma, Ebron, Everett, Morali Cox. Morali Cox could be interesting if he ends up back at uh, Indianapolis. They haven't got a tight end there. So, because Jack Doyle retired. So, it's like <laughs> uh, Kylie Granson or Morali Cox. And then you've got Cook. Cook is out there as well. Um, so there's a few, definitely a few options uh, out there for people. Um, right, we're going a lot longer than I thought. So I'm going to end this one here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please do like and subscribe to all of our content. Please give a shout out to all our new writers. There are quite a few that have joined this week. Um, so please do um, follow them. Uh, find them on Twitter. Um, we've retweeted out their accounts uh, recently on Five Yard Brush. Um, but just give a lot of love to, to those guys. You know, everyone who takes part in the five-yard family is 
uh, does this for love. No one gets paid uh, any money for this. You know, they're doing this for the love of the game and and interacting with fans. And it's really that interaction that kind of gives people the inspiration to continue their journey and develop and and want to produce content for people. And I know that this is the off season. I know really only the purists are sticking around at this stage. But um, just if you see a new piece written by a new writer uh, at, at Fiverr Rush, or you see a great bit of content from Rich or from Liam, or you watch the video after this one and you tune in and, and like and, and like what they have to say, please just drop them a message or, or um, a comment on the video or just like the video, just anything just to give them that little um, boost to say that, you know, what their content's appreciated because they're producing some amazing world-class content. And I know this time of year, people views and everything all kind of drops off and I get it, but um, it's that kind of engagement, just engagement gives, give these content guys who write for fire and your favorite podcasts, any podcast, just give the guys who, whose content you're enjoying just a small boost of engagement, even just a tweet, just to say, really enjoyed your show. Really enjoyed your article. Thanks very much. And I know it seems like, Oh, well, why should I do that? You're doing it for, um, you know, for the audience anyway. Um, yeah, and, and that's true, and, and they would do it anyway, but at the same token, I think it's really important to reward good people who, who put together good content, and especially as, as I said, no one at Five Yard gets paid. Um, no one's earning money to commission and write articles, so that little engagement is what they do this for. So do give a like, a subscribe, a comment, um, reach out to the guys on on Twitter uh, and girls, and yeah, just give them a little nod, just to say yeah, thanks. I'm listening. I'm enjoying it. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the thoughts. Thanks for the advice. Um, thanks for the entertainment, whatever it is. So uh, I'm going to end it there. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in and watching. And until next week, when I do a further breakdown, we got a great guest Monday, and then I'm going to do some free agency podcast next week. Uh, tune into the college guys later. They're going to do a great uh, job on their show. And then also uh, tune into, uh, like I said, last night's Dynasty show, if you haven't seen that. Or if you want to get a breakdown of the Combine, Dan and I did a great one with Ollie from the Combine on Monday. Ollie of uh, PFM Football Network. So check that out. Thanks as always. Enjoy the rest of your week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.